Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 1, or chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. It's 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 5. Today I'm going to talk with you guys. Oh, I forgot. There's like a camera. I'm like doing whatever I feel like. Um, sorry, team. Blessings. Today I'm going to talk about how it's not. Oh, you got it together. Okay, so I can do whatever I want. Um, today I'm going to talk to you about how it's not chance, it's choice. It's not chance, it's choice. So for those of you guys who graduated, congratulations. It was not by chance that you graduated, right? They didn't throw the dice or like pick out a couple names from a hat and say, oh, well, Preston, Danishka, Julia. All right, well, those are our three. No, it wasn't by chance, it was by choice, meaning you chose to get up in the morning and go to school, right, sometimes, no. You chose to get up and go to school, you chose to study, and you received the grade according to what you studied for. The teacher graded you, not by chance, but by your choice, whether you studied or not, and so they graded your paper according to that. So all of that to say, I want to encourage you this morning. That got, that's, that's a low E. No, we're just um, God doesn't pick and choose people and just, you know, throw dice up in heaven. Um, he doesn't choose things. It's not by chance, but it's by your choice. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I want to tell you this morning, it's not by chance that you're here. It's by your choice, right? You woke up and you said... I'm going to go to church today. Last night when I was going to bed, I set my alarm. Actually, I set like 11 alarms. It's like 6.01, 6.03, 6.05, just in case, 6.06. Um, you made a choice to get to the house of God this morning, correct? So this morning I want to share with you that you make choices that determine outcomes in your life. And some of the things that happen in your life have nothing to do with what God did. It has to do with your choice. It's not dead. Oh, it just doesn't like this spot. Um, God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, everlasting life. That is God's will. That's his choice, but it's dependent on your choice. You have a part to play in this. Amen. So it's not chance, it's choice. If you're taking notes, that's today's, or today's um, message title. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 5. I do not want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them, everyone say all of them, were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them, say all of them, walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them 
were baptized as followers of Moses. Now again, all of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank the same spiritual water for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them and that rock was Christ. Verse five says this, and yet God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So that, um, boom, 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 that's like the downer of the verse. Um, it says, God was not pleased with most of them. Why? Was it by chance that God just picked certain people that he wasn't happy with? No. Um, we read in another scripture, I, I'll probably go to it in a little while, that the Israelites complained against God, and they chose to not believe his word. And there were two, everybody say two. There were only two who made it into the promised land from that group of the Israelites, that generation, so to speak. Only two made it in. And it's not by chance, it was by choice because they chose to believe the word of the Lord. Amen? They chose to believe the report of the Lord. Rather than the report of the people who didn't believe God, they chose the report of the Lord. And that is how they made it into the promised land. Amen? So as we're going through, you can take notes. Um, There's three different ways, uh, three different things that you can make choices about that I'm going to share this morning. The first one is you choose how you're used. You choose how you're used. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about like whether you'll, like you're not making the choice whether you're going to be a singer or, you know, there's specific things that God has a purpose for you. Um, but you choose how much you're used by God and how great of an office that he can use you in. Because scripture says this, he who is faithful with little will be made ruler over much. I'm just thinking right now the Spirit of God gave it, to, uh, brought, it to my, brought it to my spirit about how there was the parable of the talents and there was a master who gave a certain amount of talents to three different servants and each of them chose different things to do with those talents. They chose different things and one, they, they made more for their master, the first two and the third one just decided that they chose to dig a hole, put the money in the hole and cover it up. Some of you guys would be like, I found some money in my yard. Um, but the master wasn't happy because they didn't increase at all. They, there was no increase. And so the master called him lazy. All of that to say, there is a choice that you make, and that determines your, your level on how much God can use you. Because it says, he who is faithful with little will be made ruler over much. So you're making a choice right now with the task that you have that God has given you to do. So think about something that you know God has given you to do, whether that be parenting or raising a teenager who just graduated, um, or maybe God has been speaking to you about joining a ministry or you're part of one, whatever it is, be faithful in the little because you choosing to do that is actually setting you up to be given more responsibility by God. You choose how much you're used. Go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. I learned this little trick in the Bible. All the T's are together. So 2 Timothy. If you find Thessalonians, you're close. So go ahead to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. 
says this, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. And every mom said amen. Amen for paper plates. Amen for plastic forks. Am I the only one who uses them every day? Okay, just, just checking. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're like a making sure the earth something, I, I'm sorry. I use them every day, but I'll change to wood. Anyway, the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. If you keep yourself clean, if you keep yourself pure. The next verse says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Run. That is an action that I don't wish to take part in, except for in the spiritual sense. Running is an action. That is a choice that you make. You have to choose to run, right? How many of you guys like running in this place? Okay, a couple of you like running. You have to choose to run. You don't just run. I walk at a snail's pace. So you have to choose to run away from the youthful lusts. You have to choose to pursue righteous living. It's not easy. You don't, you don't just fall into righteousness. You have to work at that. You have to walk into the right ways of living. Walk, pursue righteous living. Pursue love. Pursue peace. These are the things that we need to pursue. Pursue faithfulness. All of that to say... You make a choice on how God uses you based off of whether or not you keep yourself pure. Um, God won't exalt someone who's not holy to see them fall. He doesn't want to see you fall. And so he'll, he'll put you over little things so that you could do the best that you can do right at that moment. But God is a God of increase. Amen. And he wants to see you go from victory to victory, from strength to strength. He wants to see you go from glory to glory. How can I do that? It's not by chance. He, do he doesn't just say, oh, Pastor Cole, you're a pastor now. That's not it. He puts some work into it. He keeps himself pure so that God can raise him up and give him more responsibilities. Amen? The next point, if you're taking notes, oh, also the story of Jonah, he chose to run from God. He chose, that was a choice. Um, he chose to run from God. He chose to get on a boat, and uh, then the boat started sinking, and he ended up in the belly of the whale, spit him out, and then he decided that he would preach the word of God. He ran from God. It's a choice. You're not stuck in it. You don't have to follow God. He ran from God. And that is a choice that you get to make. But I would rather choose to serve the Lord, right? Amen. So the next point, if you're taking notes, you choose how victorious you are. You choose how victorious you are. 
your levels of victory. Go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 13. I'll sing you a song that I made up. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. That's where I go. I'll just stop there. So Numbers is towards the beginning of the Bible. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. Now I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, Moses had led the Israelites out of the bondage of Egypt Um, God delivered them powerfully from the hand of Pharaoh, which is like a type of Satan. So God delivered them by his powerful and strong arm. And so God promised, I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to bring you into a good land, in other words. It's got everything that you need. It's got houses you didn't build. It's got vineyards you didn't plant. It has all that you need. It's loaded. It's loaded up. And I'm going to bring you into that land. And so Moses sent out 12 spies to go spy the land to see what's the best way for us to get in. Um, and here we, here's the aftermath. So we're going to hear the report of the spies. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. They should have stopped there. However, there's more, but wait, there's more. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Man, I lost it. Okay, there we go. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. Uh, I'm reading in a book. It said, in Christ, there is no can't. There is just, I won't, and I didn't. So here are people of the living God saying, we can't. No, it's not we can't. It's you won't. So here they're saying, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. We, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. They cried all night. Because they didn't believe the word of the Lord. They didn't want to trust the word that God gave them. That, they, that he would give them a land flowing with milk and honey. You determine how victorious you are. You determine how much you'll go according to the word of God. You can determine it by your belief in him. 
whether or not you trust in his word. That's the problem that the Israelites came to. They just didn't trust God. It wasn't that they couldn't, because God brought them through the Red Sea. They could. They saw God's powerful arm. And it wasn't that they couldn't, it's that they wouldn't. They chose to not receive that victory. And the Bible says, once again, only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, had the heart of the Lord and they believed God and they were the ones who entered that promised land. Again, we see in in Numbers, you don't have to turn there, but even after all is said and done, that generation passes away because they didn't obey the Lord. Um, It's not all doom and gloom, I promise. There's there's like better things to come. they pass away, and then there's, there's Joshua and Caleb. Even the next generation, when it goes to um, taking the promised land and conquering it, several, several of the tribes, I think it's two and a half of the tribes, say, no, I don't want to go into the promised land. I'd rather stay here. We want to settle here. How many of you have ever settled for less than God's best? Yeah. And sometimes it's because we don't believe the word of the Lord. What happened with Abraham when he was waiting to have Isaac? He had Ishmael instead because he thought, well, maybe we have to do it this way. He took matters into his own hand. He didn't quite believe God in the way that God had promised. And sometimes we take matters into our own hands. And that's what happened. Um, that, that's what happens from time to time. And they just chose to settle. You don't have to settle for less than God's best. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. You were bought at a high price. Amen? So you were bought at a high price, and you don't have to settle for less than God's best when you you need healing in your body. Don't settle uh, unless you have full healing. Don't settle for less than full healing. Um, Don't don't settle for less than. I know uh, it was like a couple years ago. I might have talked about it here. Um, but I, I was struggling with anxiety and I didn't realize it until after I had Benjamin, you know, a few months later, I was having anxiety attacks and, um, at, at some stage, I know that the Lord healed me from the attacks, but I still was having like some anxiety still and like shortness of breath where I thought like I had some real severe medical problem, but like, I just was trusting the Lord anyway. Um, and I knew that I couldn't allow myself to keep living like that. Once I recognized that it was anxiety and it wasn't like some like real defect or something, I realized I cannot allow myself to live like this. I can't continue on. You determine, you get to actually choose what you'll settle for or what you won't settle for. Um, Julia, I I said it in the earlier service, um, she had Lyme's disease and she actually had to use a wheelchair for many years. She would be up all night with pain in her legs and she wouldn't be able to sleep. Then she'd have to sleep during the day and so she missed out on everything and everyone. Her life was a complete mess because of a a medical issue. And when she came to know the Lord, she heard about healing and God healed her body. Amen? Go ahead and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. One of the things that she was trusting the Lord for was that she'd be able to finish out a school year. 
And she did. Look at she's a graduate this year. Amen. But there were times that she would she would text us and she would say, you know, I'm having pain in my legs. Um, and we would tell her, tell it no in Jesus' name. And she would say, I'm telling it no, it can't come back. So you can determine how victorious you are in the Lord. Amen. It's by believing the word of God, believing his report over the report of man, believing his report over assumptions, how you think your life is about to go for the next 10 years. Um, some of you might find yourself in a place where, man, I got myself into a mess before I came to know Christ, and now I'm in trouble, and I'm going to be in trouble for the next 20 years. No, God can deliver you. If you believe the Lord, if you put your faith and trust in him, he can deliver you. Amen? If you're taking notes once more, um, for point number three, you can choose how close you get to the Lord. Go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 19. Well, some of you are like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Go ahead and turn to Exodus 19. And that's verse 12. You actually are the one who chooses how close you are with the Lord. Um, it's not your pastor. It's not how good of a teacher you have. It's not the miracles that you've seen. It's not the past that you came from. It's not the hand that you were dealt that determines your relationship with the Lord. You actually get to choose how close you get with the Lord. We read it in the very first passage that we read that the Israelites, they all walked through on dry ground. They all saw this powerful miracle. Um, it's not even about the revelation that you receive of God. I mean, like, this was a cloud of the presence of God with the Israelites. That is a revelation. So if a cloud, a dark cloud, came into the sanctuary right now, all of us would have seen the same thing, and yet some of us will continue not serving the Lord. Some of us will not believe him when he says, I'm going to provide for you. Don't worry about the stimulus check that you haven't gotten yet. Um, some of us will choose not to believe. And you get to actually choose how close you get, and it doesn't, it's not determined by the miracles you've seen. It's not determined by revelation. It's not because all of them saw the same thing the Israelites, all of them, and only two of them received God's promise because of the choices that they make. So you choose how close you get. Judas and John were both um, followers of Jesus. They were both disciples of Jesus. Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus with a kiss, and John was the one who was loved by Jesus. He knew, he had a revelation that Jesus loved him. It was a choice that they made to follow the Lord. And it wasn't how good of a teacher Jesus was. It was a choice that they made. Judas was far from Jesus in heart. And John, you see in scripture, he even leaned back on Jesus and Jesus was telling him secrets about what was about to come. And so the difference is the choice that they made. The difference wasn't God and God's will for them. The difference was the choice that they made. And so we make choices to get closer to the Lord or to turn 
turn away from the Lord, to refuse the Lord, to walk in unbelief. And so in Exodus chapter 19, verse 12, it says this, Mark off a boundary all around the mountain. Warn the people, be careful, do not go up on the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. No hand may touch the person or animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. They must be put to death. Okay, I promised that it was getting better. So it's getting better. However, however, when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, then the people may go up on the mountain. So you guys know Moses? Uh, Moses was the one who spoke to God as a friend speaks face to face. And so here you see God is inviting all of the Israelites, come. Come and let me speak with you. And there's the invitation. He is inviting them. So go ahead, one, one chapter over, chapter 20, verse 18. Here is their response. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, you speak to us, and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us, or we will die. Little dramatic. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you, so that, and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. They, instead of approaching God, they stood in a distance. They were given an invitation, the most high God. They were given a, an invitation, come, come speak with me. Come into the cloud of glory. Victoria, you know it. If God said come to the cloud of glory, you'd be like, I'm in. That, then she'd be running. God is saying come into the cloud of glory. Come speak with me as Moses is speaking with me, and instead they refuse. They stand at a distance. How many of us have at a time or two in our lives stood at a distance even though we knew that God was calling us? We knew God was calling us and bringing us closer. You know he's given us an invitation. We have an open invitation right now that we would come to him. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on our behalf to make a way for us. The Bible says that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. No man can come to the Father, Father but by him, but he is the way, he's the truth, and the life. So if we have him, we can come to the Father. Amen? We have an open invitation to come. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens the door, I'll come and eat with him, and he'll eat with me. There's an open invitation for us to be in perfect relationship with God our Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's an open invitation. Don't stand at a distance. You actually make that choice as to whether or not I'm going to spend time with the Lord today. And it's not about religion. It's not about, um, you know, putting some time in. There were a lot of religious people in Jesus' day who played the part, but they didn't have the heart. 
And so you know your heart before the Lord, and you know if you're spending time with him and getting to enjoy the benefits of his presence. His word says, forget not all of his benefits. Forget not. You actually get to enjoy all the benefits of God when you spend time in his presence. Amen? Go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 3. It's towards the back of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Glory to God. Says this. That is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. As Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. We can make a choice to share in all of the blessings of Christ. We can make a choice to not harden our hearts against God. Sometimes I, I harden my heart, when, especially when I was younger, just growing in the Lord. I hardened my heart against the Lord. I, told, I tell this story to the youth often. There was a show that the Lord told me to stop watching, and I listened. And it was so easy for me to say no to that show from that moment on. But there were times that I didn't listen to the Lord, and I hardened my heart. And that actually makes it harder for you to hear from him then. And you're making a choice to be further away from the Lord in heart. You're making a choice to not be able to hear him as well. You're making a choice on how close or how far you're going to be. Whether you're going to stand at a distance or whether you're going to be in his presence and speak to him as a friend speaks face to face. I'm going to give you one final scripture and then we'll close it for today. Uh, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. It says this. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm in Christ he has commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised. 
God's yes means yes. His promises are yes. So when he says that you can have a relationship with me through Jesus Christ, not based off of the works that you do, not based off of your personality, not based off of what family you come from, but based off of the blood of Jesus Christ, when he says it, he means it. He means you can come to me freely because I bought you with a high price. When God says that healing is yours, healing is the children's bread, that means healing belongs to you. And it's not based off of whether you can conjure something up or not. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on your behalf. Amen? By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes. So when God makes a promise, his yes means yes. Sometimes as a parent, my yes means no. Because by the time we get home, you changed my mind. But God is not like that. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. You know the only time that God changes his mind is when something negative was going to happen to you, but you repent and you turn around and you walk away from the way that you were. There was a man, I think his name was Hezekiah. He added years to his life. Okay, Hezekiah, it just came to me. There was a man named Hezekiah, and Isaiah went to him and told him that his sickness was going to end in death. And he turned his face to the wall and repented because of how he had lived. And God spun that prophet on his heels and made him go back and say that he was going to have 15 more years added to his life. Why? Because he made a choice to repent and turn back to God. So God will not change his mind as far as his promises are, are concerned. His yes means yes. And when God said that he sent his son to die on your behalf, that you could be forgiven of your sins, he's not taking that back because you didn't act perfect. It's available for you. It is an, a gift that is available to each and every one of us. Why don't we stand to our feet? Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, go ahead and pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father God, that it says that uh, in, in your word that you enable us to do what you've asked us to do, that you empower us by your Holy Spirit, that we can turn away from temptations. We actually can flee from youthful lusts. We actually can pursue righteousness. So it says in your word, all of those things, because we're empowered to do it, it is all a choice. It's about what we will or what we won't do. I thank you that it says in your word, nothing is impossible for those who believe. I thank you that our teenagers who are here today can serve you. They don't have to fall into the same traps that the people of the world fall into because they are set apart for you, God. I pray for each person in this place, God, that they would know when there's something that needs to be purified in them. It says in your word that you examine our hearts, even the secret place. 
So right now, God, may your word go through and pierce each person here, each and every one of us, God. Examine us, Lord. And if there's anything that doesn't please you in us, by the fire of your Holy Spirit, burn out all of the chaff. Burn out everything that doesn't please you, God. And empower us to make the choices that please you. That will set us apart for noble use so we can bring glory and honor to your name. I pray also for each person here that you would help them to know that they can be more than a conqueror in you. That there is no limit to how high we can go. That when you said victory after victory, you meant it, God. I pray for the person who feels defeated this morning. Go ahead and pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I pray for the person who feels defeated today, God, that you would encourage them now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Right now, in them and through them, in Jesus' name, take that discouragement and remove it from them in Jesus' name. By the power of your blood, God, encourage them by your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Receive a fresh touch from the Lord. Hallelujah. And I pray, Father God, for each person who's in here who may have hardened their heart towards you. Whether it's something that you asked them to give up or it was something that you asked them to do or if it was simply that you've called to them and they haven't answered yet. I pray for each person here who has hardened their heart that they would know because of your grace and mercy that you're here to accept them if they would turn back to you today. Today, you have a new chance. Today, don't harden your heart. If you're here this morning and you would say, I have not ever received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to receive him in, into my heart today. If you know that you have sinned against God, that your relationship with him has been severed and torn, but you want a right relationship with him, and you know that Christ died in your place, and you want to receive him as your savior, put your hand up right where you're at. You would say, I need to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior, and I have not ever received him yet. I'm gonna pray for the rest of you. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you for the power of your name. And I thank you, Father God, for how you delivered the Israelites from the bondage of Egypt. And each person here today, that if there's anything left 
that's still oppressing them from their past. I command it to go from them now in Jesus' name. Any, any area of oppression of the devil, I command it to go now in Jesus' name. If you're struggling with depression and you felt like time after time you prayed, but it hasn't worked, nothing has, nothing has happened, I command the depression to go out from you now in Jesus' mighty name. Today will be a different day. Today will be a different day. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father God, that you set us on a rock to stay. And I thank you, Father God, that you empower us by your Holy Spirit to be a light in dark places, but also to make the choices that draw us closer to you and glorify your name. I pray a blessing over each person who's here today that this week they would be reminded of your word to not harden their heart against you that you've made a way for us to enter your holy place. And also, Father God, that you will use us and we can be victorious in Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.